You're listening to 15 Minute Fundamentals, where we interview core contributors within crypto and together walk through the charts available on Token Terminal. In this episode, we discuss the basics of StakeWise, a liquid staking service for Ethereum 2.0 with co-founder Kirill. To cover the basics, staking on Ethereum is the act of depositing ETH into the Ethereum staking contract to activate validator software. Validators on Ethereum are responsible for storing data, processing transactions, and adding new blocks to the chain, which keeps Ethereum secure for everyone. And for providing this service, validators earn new ETH as rewards. Now, to become an independent validator, users need to stake at least 32 ETH. And while that might be quite a barrier for most users, not everyone needs to become an independent validator as pooling solutions like StakeWise make it possible for users with less than 32 ETH to stake their assets, while also abstracting the technical complexity of running staking infrastructure. To describe the market opportunity here, there's currently over 15 million ETH staked, so around $21 billion worth. And staking rewards are currently sitting around a 5% APR, which means just over $1 billion paid out annually in staking rewards. Staking providers, such as StakeWise, typically earn revenue by taking a cut of the total staking rewards earned via their platform. The largest staking providers today are Lido Finance, with over 4 million ETH staked, followed by Coinbase, with over 2 million ETH staked. Today, we'll find out how StakeWise is positioned within this market and what their plans are for the future. Hey, Kirill, welcome to 15 Minute Fundamentals. It is great to have you on. Thank you, Oscari, for inviting me over. It's my pleasure to be here. To kick things off, could you just give us the quick one to two minute intro to what StakeWise is? Absolutely. It's relatively simple. StakeWise is a liquid staking protocol for Ethereum and Gnosis chain. And the core differentiator is our dual token model. What it allows you to do is compound your rewards on the ETH2 side. So you constantly keep earning more and more. And also to make sure that you manage your earnings flexibly because you have a separate token for rewards that just allows you to cover whatever expenses you want with the with the earnings from staking or really do anything else you want with it. We are operational since March 2021. To date, we have accumulated roughly 80,000 EFR in deposits. And we are a team that is distributed around the world, including our DAO members, and are governed under the DAO structure with the SWISE token as the centerpiece of uh, our coordination. The last thing to mention, we work with node operators like T-Systems, Finoa, Crypto Manufacture, and Veryhash. And we also have an institutional product going on together with Blockdaemon to offer institutional customers the opportunity to participate in liquid staking, but in a way that they're the most accustomed to using crypto services, which is fully sort of compliant and, and custody. But uh, yeah, StakeWise is uh, many different things, and I'm glad to be able to talk through this uh, in today's call. Yeah, very cool. Great overview. And uh, I love that you mentioned the two token model right away, because that's going to be a main talking point here is the differentiation to all, everything that's going on in the liquid staking space and um, kind of related to this, but the main features of your core product right now which is stakewise pool so you walk us through in a bit more detail how it works who it's for and then on how this two token model works as a part of it so the stakewise pool product is something that's oriented towards people that want to have um, access to DeFi with the ether that they staked and this may be for whatever purpose Maybe it's to be able to exit from staking early. Maybe it's to be able to sell off some of the earnings from staking to cover some expenses elsewhere or direct them towards something else. Perhaps it's because you want to trade and you need collateral and you could use staking for tokens for that. So really the corporate position of liquid staking and, and, and stake wise is the ability to participate in DeFi with your stake. We also obviously lowered the capital requirements. So usually in order to stake, you need 32 ETH. 
we reduce this barrier to uh, you know as as low as you can go on the on the measuring scale you can deposit any amount and then we'll aggregate it into chunks of 32 and deposit that on our behalf. And then we also do our best to diversify your risk by virtue of introducing several node operators into the product, which means that you don't take the risk, like the potential slashing risk or the potential downtime risk of any given node operator. What you do is you kind of diversify it across five node operators that, that I've already mentioned, the systems, Finoa, Verihash, uh, crypto manufacturer and stakewise itself. So that is basically the the crux. And now the unique way that we approach a liquid staking product is for a dual token model. What does it mean? It means that for deposits you have one token, and for the rewards that you earn, you have another token. And the key proposition with that is the ability to differentiate between a component that is interest bearing and a component that is not interest bearing. So the deposits in if two they carry some interest. And when you bundle them together with the interest itself in, in one token, what you get is, uh, first of all, some dormant capital, which you not, are not able to, to access. So these, these earnings, you cannot really sell off a portion of your token and you know say that you've sold some rewards because you're essentially selling both the deposit and the rewards at the same time. The single token models of various other pools, they always represent the composition of deposits and rewards in the pool. They're always like a share of the, like a slice of the pie. And... We saw an issue with that because one, again, you cannot manage your earnings flexibly, you cannot compound. And second, this shows up at later stages. When you join pools with single token models, you convert Ether into their token. And you convert Ether that's 100% principal into a token that is a representation of the pool. And it may be, you know, 95% principal, it may be 90% principal, and the rest is rewards depending on how long the pool has been operating. So what this means is that you're actually underutilizing your capital. You're acquiring a portion of Ether that has, has been sitting dormant and will be sitting dormant unless it's taken out of the validator and restaked on the validator level. So we wanted to work around this issue. And so we created a dual token model that represents the earnings separately. What happens, I guess, just in practice is that when you deposit ETH, you receive an SF2 token, which is the representation of deposits in our system. And as long as you hold it, or if you put it into DeFi and various protocols, you're collecting RF2, which is the rewards token. And really, as you hold SF2, the balance of RF2 grows. It automatically grows in your in your wallet as long as you hold it or put it into DeFi protocols. And both tokens are one-to-one -one with ETH, so it's pretty easy to differentiate between what you put in and what uh, you're earning from it. And uh, you have the ability to convert the reward token into more principal. So in effect, compound, you convert the rewards token into the deposit token, compound your rewards. You have the opportunity to sell off the rewards separately. So convert them into ETH, convert them into a governance token of your liking. Maybe you're bullish on Maker, convert a portion of your earnings into Maker periodically and, and uh, you know potentially boost your yield this way or even simpler, just go off and uh, offboard this, uh, this reward, convert them into USDC, offboard them for an exchange and, and do something else. So we, I guess, make flexibility the focus as well as the highest yield, because this system produces the highest yield. And uh, this is what, uh, I guess, separates us from the rest. Yeah, that, that's fascinating. I can believe that from a user's perspective, separating the earnings from principal is pretty valuable. Now, moving on to your business model, if we look at your total value locked, you have something around the lines of over 65,000 ETH stake through Stakewise. How are you currently making money off of the staking rewards paid there? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So the pool product indeed has over 65,000 
ETH of deposits. The rest of the, let's say, deposits that we have are in Solo. And Solo is a separate topic with regards to the pool. The business model there is fairly simple. We collect a 10% fee on the staking rewards that are earned by users, whether they come from consensus rewards or MEV or um, just block proposal rewards. And this 10% is split between the DAO and the node operators that service the protocol. So each operator in our in our validator set has, let's say, proposed to run the validators for us for half of the commission that we generate from the from the users. And so it has worked out to be 5% of the total rewards that uh, our users generate that go to the various operators, but also the rest is what goes to the DAO. There is a caveat though, where I think the bigger component of the deposits are being handled by Stakewise Labs. And so Stakewise Labs is, is, the, is basically the company behind Stakewise uh, that does development work. And as this company, we actually don't collect any rewards at this time. So it means that it's, uh, let's say, not perhaps straightforward to calculate our protocol take because for the external operators, we deduct half the commission that we generate from the users. But for Stakewise Labs, we just put all like the whole 10% in the, into the treasury. And uh, that, I guess, is uh, you know how the way to calculate it in terms of the business model, again, fairly simple. Simple, take a cut in the rewards, put it in the treasury, and uh, figure out clever ways to augment the rewards there. Now, for Stakewise, what are the main drivers or challenges right now related to growing? I think fundamentally, there is a competition between different staking representation tokens, uh, the way that I prefer to call them. And here, what matters is network effect. That, that you get from like after a certain point. Basically, the premise of liquid staking is being able to enter and exit from staking whenever you want by virtue of having a token. And this requires liquidity for the stake for token. There needs to be a secondary market. And if you look at the depositors into perhaps the biggest liquid staking protocols like Lido, you will see that a big component of their TVL is 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 made up of very large deposits, deposits that you know at times exceed the size of our the size of our pool. And the, what what this means is that these people that, that put such large amounts, they, they likely expect to be able to exit with at least a part of it. Of, of this amount and they would not be able to had they put the same amount into stakewise because our liquidity like available liquidity for staked ETH is considerably lower and uh, there's basically a network effect for liquidity in this space that means that the winners keep winning so the way to uh, let's say undo this dynamic is by finding ways to boost your TVL with a differentiated offering, perhaps find an untapped market or find the means to create the flywheel between TVL and liquidity so that you, you increase liquidity and then it begets more deposits and then it begets more liquidity and so forth. And Stakewise is looking into all these directions to solve the network effect challenge. And uh, I think Stakewise V3 is very much uh, our, our best effort in this direction. Yeah, that's great. So lots of focus on accelerating that flywheel. And in general, I would love to hear what other main business focus areas you have right now. Uh, and you also mentioned your institutional product a bit earlier on. So I'd love to hear about that too. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so this, the institutional product has been operational since early summer and it is very business development heavy actually because it relies on approaching institutional customers with very high uh, compliance requirements and uh, this takes time basically they need to do their checks on their end and they need to get familiar with the with the product because oftentimes these are people that kind of shy away from high-risk strategies so and and 
liquid staking, like traditional liquid staking for them could be considered such a strategy, like too risky. So they're looking for ways to reduce that risk and institutional product is what provides them with, with the, an appropriate level of risk exposure. So we're, we're working on increasing deposits into that product together with Block Daemon and uh, it's uh, basically gathering pace. There's plenty of, say, negotiations behind behind the scene, but uh, as, as typically as with such things, at some moments when things do come to fruition, it results in large overnight increases in uh, awareness about your product or uh, its business metrics. So definitely working towards that on, on the Tara side, which is the name of the institutional product. And when it comes to the stakewises sort of DAO side, uh, what we have been focusing on very heavily is the new iteration of Stakewise called V3, which is a complete overhaul of the traditional staking model, at least the one that we have you know, become accustomed to using. At its core, there, there is an idea that anyone should be able to run nodes for others and be a node operator for others, as well as um, anyone should be able to participate in liquid staking because there is uh, a huge centralization effect that stake that, that liquid staking services bring into the market just by virtue of like relying on large partners that, that are able to handle a, a large sort of delegations flow that, that is difficult to um, diversify. It takes time and besides, it, it does not advance the values of decentralization that Ethereum stands behind as ardently as it probably could. And so what, what we have been working on is allowing solo stakers to participate in liquid staking. So if you're currently staking from home, there's no way for you to access the liquid staking market. You cannot mint tokens against your node and with Stakewise V3, you will be able to do so because we essentially have a mechanism to allow that. But beyond just solo stakers, anyone can become a node operator in our protocol. Anyone can start receiving delegations from others. And the way that the stake for token that, that comes out of the staking process is, let's say, not affected by various participants, you know, whoever they are interacting with this product is by having over collateralization on the level of uh, stake T4 token, which means that if you just, let's say, hold it, it has a buffer in form of collateral that would protect you as a holder of that token from slashing in potentially incurred by the operator that is running the validator where this ETH is kept. And uh, this really is a, a novel model where solo stakers can start liquid staking for themselves. They can accept delegations from others and run nodes for them. And, and people will be able to not put their validators or just in general deposit into services where there are only the largest of node operators. They will be able to prefer smaller operators. Uh, without necessarily trading off any of the security or performance when they do so. And uh, by by means of you know this process, we hope that first of all, we'll, we'll have a liquid staking token that is backed by loads of node operators that are solo operators and not necessarily commercial companies. And, and second, we want to have, I guess, a, a larger community, bigger DAO, and uh, basically just more presence in the DeFi space by virtue of uh, opening up liquid staking to solo stakers. We hope, we do hope to see the more people join our protocol to mint staking for tokens for themselves to you know enjoy all the benefits it offers, and by doing so, uh, basically help create a more decentralized uh, liquid staking service. Uh, all those plans sounds great. And then I just have one final question, which is outside of all the things that we already discussed in this session. What's next for Stakewise? 
outside of, let's say, Stakewise V3 and outside of developing the institutional product further, it is about nurturing our community and, and nurturing, let's say, people's involvement in the Ethereum's mission, where we really want to, let's say, help in any way that we can by popularizing stuff like DVT from, from Ogle, for example, or, or, or SSV to make sure that solo staking is not perceived as, let's say, the smaller brother of staking with a commercial operator, but can very effectively compete without having the same trust assumptions. We'd also want to, I guess, see more takes from the community regarding what we could do with Stakewise V3 in order to make the lives of solo stakers and uh, various communities who care about decentralization better. So this revolves around, let's say, creating appropriate incentives, again, about means to uh, make solo staking experience easier, about coordination between various solo stakers who could get into groups and run validators for other communities or perhaps even for themselves. It's, uh, yeah, it's mostly the community that has been driving Ethereum for ever since its existence. And we just don't want this to give way to people joining because of commercial interests would really want to see the same ethos decentral of decentralization preserved over time. And you now when it comes to, for example, censorship on the block level, on the block production level, similarly have as many participants as possible to, and, and other technical solutions to the existing flashbots and PBS to make sure that we don't get the regulatory capture on Ethereum too. And again, this requires coordination, discussion, and community involvement. So very much want to um, push in that direction. Yeah, I cannot wait to see how you guys tackle these challenges and also how the broader space develops. Uh, it's extremely interesting times. Thank you so much for this discussion. Super insightful. Great to hear about the basics of Stakewise and what you guys have been working on and, and what's coming next. So thank you, Kirill. We'll make sure to do this again in a few months. I'd love that. Thank you very much for your questions, Askari. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in.